Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. This is Dum Dee Dum, the show about the archers and the inhabitants of Ambridge. I'm Philippa Hall, administrator of the Beechwood WhatsApp group. Revving up beside me for the ride of a lifetime is Biker Babe, Rosie Porty. And hoping he's not shown the door as quickly as hapless Calvin, we have Quentin Rayner, Jenny. Well, just in time, drawing up in your limo, there's you, our pampered listeners, without whom we'd be left stranded in the lay-by of podcasts. This week's Dum Dee Dum is from our Mia, and that's just a cracker to listen to it another time. And on this week's episode, we hear from Marie, Emily, Witherspoon, Claire, Nana Sue and Isabel, plus we have another anonymous email. Looking forward to that. So, Quentin, Rosie, how are you both? I'm really well, thank you both. I went to see my first outdoor event yesterday. It was the Brass Quartet from the Scottish Symphony Orchestra at a lovely venue near me in Edinburgh. So that was wonderful. Oh, is that it? I thought there'd be more, Rosie. (laughs) No, that's it. (laughs) I'm being succinct for once. You are. Uh, Well, I've been outside quite a lot as well this week, mainly in the garden, uh, hauling out bushes, re-turfing bits and pieces and mowing like crazy because I think I've mentioned before we've had our grass treated so now it's growing like a dervish. 
Um, I squeezed into a suit as well this week because I went off and I uh, was invited to be a guest editor in a university newsroom because they've got uh, MA journalism students. So I was cracking the whip there and mm. I actually managed to get into my suit, which I was quite pleased about after eight months of not wearing one. <laughs> I had a first as well this, this week. I went to the cinema with my wife for the first time in God knows how long. Great film, After Love, starring Joanna Scanlon. I thoroughly recommend that. I had a haircut. I've got throbbing toothache at the moment. And I also won big this week on the premium bonds. Big. 25 quid. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Quentin, <laughs> the drinks are on you. That That's fantastic. How about you, Philippa? Yeah, I'm having an interesting week this week because went through exams with oldest child and now youngest child is going through them this week. He's got common entrance exams and I think they're one of the few that haven't been altered at all because of lockdown and, and, and COVID. So that it's fraught and I just can't wait for the week to be over, I'm afraid, wishing time away. But... Uh, Enough about our week. What what did you both think about this week in Ambridge? Well, it was quite eventful, wasn't it, to say the <laughs> least. Uh, impressions? I'd say it was a week of long forgotten but rediscovered vehicles. We had Jazza's motorbike, didn't we? <laughs> yes. Off, offering Tracy a ride of a lifetime. <laughs> Eddie's limo just turned up out of the blue. We'd all forgotten about that. Um, lots of tweets saying, what's this bleeding limo? And, of course, he <laughs> Bought it, I think, had it to re- reaffirm his vows with Clary. Yeah. I can't remember if they reaffirmed, have they reaffirmed their vows? Not yet. Not no, yet. No. Right. So the limo is going to make another appearance. I would say compare and contrast this week. We had uh, Adam's lumbering, cumbersome talk with Rory compared to Will's gentle, kind, empathetic conversation with Mia over her heartbreak with Rory. I mean, who knew that Will could be such a, a great listener? I mean, he was a complete revelation. We had home truths at home farm, didn't we? Alice giving Brian both barrels. I'm sure Rosie was cheering from the rooftops about that. <laughs> she revealed herself to be a very nasty and vicious drunk, I thought, and she's got further to fall. Jenny, I felt, sounds like she hasn't got the energy to drag her daughter back. She sounds desperate already, Jenny. It's only just begun, darling, I'm afraid. And the WhatsApp mishap klaxon, I would say. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I, I didn't think anybody could make me grind my teeth more on this programme than, than Adam. But, I mean, God almighty, Lee's done it, hasn't he? I cannot bear the guy. <laughs> cannot bear him. <laughs> anyway, those, those are my impressions of the week. <laughs> you, you, missed, you missed out Joyful Joy. Joyful, well, well joyful I was letting you. Yes. Yeah, I was going to let you mention her in the context <laughs> of Lee. Yes, off you go. Talk about joy. Bring us One, joy. Well, wonderful joy. Realizing that she's made a bit of an faux pas by talking about the WhatsApp yeah. group. <laughs> what the hell's on it? What's on it? They're slagging <laughs> and, them off already. <laughs> I've got a bad feeling about potentially photos of Lee. I don't know unloading boxes. Oh um, I think pictures of all of his action superhero figurines going viral. Um, and then I don't know, sort of. I, I, I almost got out my picture of the tuna and the custard to send around Twitter, but I thought, no, that's just too oh. childish. I'm not going to do that because I'm sure that's what's on the WhatsApp group. Yeah. I mean, how how stupid. I mean, welcome to the neighbourhood. Oh, we, yeah, we bought a drum kit. I mean, how, I mean, how to endear yourself to your new neighbours? <laughs> I mean, you leave it a couple of months, don't you? Not straight away. What a fool. What a utter... <laughs> I'm going to say, he's an utter tit, isn't he? Oh, <laughs> oh, he, makes, he makes Helen happy. And oh, she, does and she, she? I think she's increasingly embarrassed by him. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Well, I, I think um, 
Well, I think what you can say about Lee is he's a simple character who um, can be useful around the house by destroying it. Um, <laughs> he makes he seems to make Helen happy and, and 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 good luck to them. And I mean, he also makes Joy happy, and that's a good thing. I wasn't too sure about the, all the chit chat about Ebenezer Scrooge or whoever it was down the end of the lane and the body under the patio. I thought that was a bit inappropriate. Um, and Lee seems to have forgotten Helen's history. But hey, let's all, let's all move on. It's, it's, it's the Archer's Fairy, isn't it? The fairy dust, yeah. <laughs> Philippa, have we left anything out? Well, I was just glad there was no kissing this week because I'm sorry, I just don't want to hear the smooching over the radio wave. So I was very glad about that. But I thought I'd entered a parallel universe because we had Jazza quoting Latin. Well, I mean, Tempest Fugit. Yeah. What What next? Is he going to be running the pub quiz or clerking for the council? I mean, I was just staggered did, by did, that. Didn't he say Tempest? Didn't he say Tempest Fugit? Yeah. He did. He, he, he did. He did. Um, Bless. Bless. <laughs> That's what we think. Now, let's hear your views. And if someone wants to get in contact, how can they do that? So to get in touch with the wonderful world of Dumji Dum, if you'd like to comment on the archers or leave us a plot prediction, then leave us a message on SpeakPipe, which you can find on dumtydum.com. Or you can send a voice note or text via WhatsApp to 07957 167696, which has a plus 44 at the beginning if you're calling from outside the UK. If you prefer to get in touch with us via email, you're very welcome to. We'd love to hear from you. Head also then to dumptydun.com and you can click the contact us tab at the top. And uh, this is what our anonymous emailer seems to be doing with regularity. So uh, reveal yourself or email anonymously, but uh, that's how you do it. So what did you, our lovely dum-de-dum community, think of the week? Hello, Ambridge3962. And first of all, we have the wonderful Marie. Hello, everyone. My name is Marie. I live in Winchester, the ancient capital of Wessex. And I'm a first-time caller I absolutely love the archers, and my vintage is Rob and um, Helen. That was an incredible storyline. It was like listening to a psychological thriller every day, um, which was just, you know, pretty great, really. Don't often get that chance. Um, but, yeah, I love it. Um, it kept me going, really, through lockdown and everything else, the monotones, monotones, monologue. Well, they they weren't too bad, were they really? And, well, just wanted to say that Peggy was on the cusp of telling Jennifer the other day about the fact that she knew um, that Alice had been an alcoholic. I'm just wondering if she's going to get the opportunity again of Bill Bean and what the backlash would be. You know, will all hell break this? Will shit hit the fan big time? Will they all fall out? I'm just really keen to know. I just wanted to know what you are for. And um, thanks for your wonderful Dumpy Dump show. That kept me going too. Um, you know, I do while I do listen to it while I do my housework, which is just, you know, great. If I've run out of Dumpy Dump, the housework, that's it. Stop. <laughs> anyway, thanks again. Thank you. Bye. 
Thank you so much, Marie, for joining us in the wonderful world of Dumpty Dum and doing your shake and vac like Joy was while listening to Dumpty Dum rather than Lee's drum beats. I think our hopefully melodious voices are a little bit nicer than I think Lee, Jack and Henry going ACDC on the drum kit. In terms of Peggy, so she's tried to um, tell Jennifer that she knew about the alcoholism at New Year. She's failed to do so so far. I think it it will eventually come out. And I'm just wondering if Jenny will end up sending her mother a video note uh, telling her (laughs) how she feels, like Peggy did to her son. And I think it may have to be kind of X-rated with swearing. Uh, If it was me, I would be absolutely horrified that my mother had not told me about this huge family secret because Jenny could have intervened earlier. There could have been a family intervention. And we're now kind of watching this awful situation unravel, unravel and unravel again. And it it will continue until uh, Alice decides enough's enough. Um, but, But Quentin, do you think that Jenny would send a video message? I mean, she's meant to be doing the Village website as well, isn't she? So perhaps she could send something on the, she could post it on the Village website. I'm a bit concerned about video messages, bearing in mind the disaster when Peggy sent one to Tony for his 70th. So maybe we should steer clear of that. Well, first of all, Marie, thanks for calling in. We love first-time caller-inners because uh, they are our bread and butter. So the more, the merrier, please, because this podcast relies on you, you, the listeners, to get in touch with us, to keep feeding this machine that is Dumpty Dum. So welcome, Marie. Keep keep calling in and delighted that we keep your house nice and spruce and and, and not f- filthy. So I'm glad it encourages your homework. Uh, you can rely on a bit of filth here on the podcast now and again. Anyway, right. So what's your, um, uh, I, yes, backlash, you're worried about, I think the horse has bolted, hasn't it, really? It's a bit late. Um, I really wanted Peggy to tell Jenny because uh, it was one of those, oh, for goodness sake, just get out. And Jenny had to go off and help Alice, didn't she? she? So it's a conversation yet to be had. Will Peggy now rein back now that she knows it's all out in the open? I don't know. But I think you're right, Rosie. I mean, if Peggy was to find out that she knew earlier on, Jenny is going to go ballistic, isn't she? So I think we have trouble at mill with that one, definitely. Mm, yes, I agree. I mean, I, I think Peggy's got to confess. Um, she's she's got to tell Jennifer, but Jennifer's going to be really destabilised this week. I think she's going to have so much to try and cope with because she's always, I've felt, tried to pretend that everything's fine and taking Rory into the family, she just made that decision, which was absolutely brilliant. But she's she's not allowed herself to dwell on what happened and just move forward positive. And it's sort of all coming home to roost and she can't keep uh, ignoring that. And Alice has just shone a very bright light um, on all that happened uh, when Rory was born and the circumstances of that. So I, I just I dread to think what will happen if Peggy does admit to it and Jennifer's at a, in a really low place. Um and I'm interested to see also how it then impacts on Chris this week, because we haven't been hearing much from his um, perspective. Yes, we've heard from Susan, but not from Chris as to how he's feeling and whether he feels he should have got help earlier on and, and, and all of that. I mean, there's there's no perfect answer to this. But I should say, first of all, Marie, you are very welcome here. And if you if you like doing any housework, 
and you're and you're free, then please please come and help my house because I'm spending more time on the arches and not in the house. We'll, we'll do an extra podcast for her if you come around and clean our houses. <laughs> yes. yes. Gladly, gladly. But just so, going back to Jenny, though, I think, you know, in that, in that big scene on Thursday, I, you know, when Jenny threw Calvin out, hmm. she, there was an awful moment, wasn't there, when you just realised the enormity of it had hit Jenny. You know, when she exclaimed, Alice is an alcoholic, Alice has an illness, you're incredibly sick and you know you are. And when Brian then joined the fray, there was that, I felt there was that desperation in, in Jenny. I thought, blimey. Have you got it in you to get through another familial battle when you consider what she's been through before from Brian and, uh, you know, Rory and all that and other problems she's had and she's having to sell the house? Has she got it in her? Has has Jenny got another fight in her? I wonder. I was interested in how she reacted to Calvin because at one point I thought she was going to offer to sort of make them tea on a tray and, um, (laughs) you know, hoover around them because that's Jenny. You know, she's normally, oh, darling, and yes, helping out. Have another drink. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So it showed me just how she's reached a point where, you know, it's just a line has been crossed. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. She's, she's she's really frightened, isn't she? Well, 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 I mean, I think if you have a seriously ill child and you mm. see that child putting themselves at huge risk, mm. then it's terrifying. And I would really, uh, I really feel for, for Jenny in this situation because yeah. she's, she's, you know, watching her, her yeah. youngest child effectively kill herself through alcohol. And yeah. it's just absolutely awful. So I'm not yeah. surprised she's exhibiting I agree. extreme mm. stress. And I think what... I would hope is that Brian finally wakes up to the, the the harsh reality. And luckily for Alice, Calvin was a very nice chap, as, as Jenny referred to him. He was a lovely guy. Um, things could have been very different in that scenario in a very unpleasant way. And I think that's probably what was going through Jenny's mind, to be honest, was a crikey, you know, this could be a, a, a very different story. So I think everybody listening would be hearing that pain in her voice and just going you know enough's really enough now Mm. i felt sorry for the actor who played calvin can you imagine his joy when he's got told by his you got got a part in the arches oh great great that'll be some regular money Uh, (laughs) (laughs) you're booted out after two minutes (laughs) i couldn't even find what the who the actor was and i searched and he wasn't even on the cast list for that episode so i didn't know if it was sort of david archer trying to do a different accent or something but i did think calvin was the most polite sober drunk I have ever yes. come across it's like he was a child coming to play you know thank you very much Mrs Aldridge thank you for having me do, do, do you reckon Helen maybe we get Helen to go out with Calvin instead of the terrible Lee no. I'm going to push for this bring no. back Calvin right that's a sign we need to move on so thank you very much Marie do call again and now let's go over to the brilliant Emily hello John Dummers. Emily calling from Abu Dhabi um, just a cool 38 degrees today, uh, peaked at 45 yesterday. Oh, I was not made for this heat. Just doing small pickups, so very quick one. I was really disappointed in Emma's conversation with Mia yesterday's episode about Mia's um, campaign to make the people of Ambridge recognise what they're doing with plastics. Don't get me wrong, I'm finding Mia very irritating with the way she's approaching this and just 
the general way it's being written. But she has a point and she's passionate about it and she should be heard properly. And Emma was so dismissive of it, so patronising, saying, oh, you know, you don't want to ruffle feathers and just had, was giving the impression she just didn't want to talk about it and have no time for it. And But then, within the same conversation, she was wanting to talk about, oh, you've got a crush and let's talk about that and giving it all this attention and advice and things like that. And I just thought, you know, I know she's trying to help and step in because Nick's not there, but Mia doesn't just need a mother's a mother role for boys. She She might want a mother role for how she develops as a person in general and it just felt really I just it just didn't sit well with me that Emma had no time for something that was um you know a passion project something that's interesting that's impactful but yet she wanted to talk to her about boys and writing names um their names on a piece of paper both really important points but she shouldn't have dismissed Mia's concerns to start with um that's it from me thank you well thank you emily um uh, without a dog this time and coping in 45 degrees of heat when it peaks i don't know how you do it emily lovely to hear from you as ever from abu dhabi i think the heat's getting to you emily because i don't entirely agree with you i i, I take your point that you felt that Emma was a bit dismissive, and I know in the past you haven't been a big fan of Emma's because you, you felt she was very un, she was very unkind to Alice earlier on. I struggle listening to Mia when she's being preachy, and I know I'm bad because I tend to drift. I think, oh, I just don't want to be preached at anymore, and she does great with me. So I can see why Emma wanted to get off the subject. Perhaps she was finding it irritating as well. I thought she. I think she was also concerned about the graphic photos that Mia intended to use. But you're right, you know, a passion should be nurtured within somebody young. But I also think she did want to get on to what she perceived as a potential fall and pain for Mia because she could see how it was going with Rory. And I think my reading was, I, th- I think that she could see that Rory was not feeling the same and that Mia was in for some heartbreak. So I felt Emma steered it that way deliberately because she wanted to get onto that because she didn't want to see Mia get hurt. So I see what you're saying, Emily. I don't entirely agree. I'm defending Emma a a bit, but I think you need to get in the shade. (laughs) Wow. Well, it's been really hot here in Scotland, but it's definitely not been anywhere near 45 degrees, maybe 19. And that's very hot. Um, I think from, well, for me, my sort of solution to the uh, the, the Mia environmental act- activism program is for her to kind of work with Joy and with Kirsty, because Joy mm. was able to get the fly tipping thing resolved within twenty four hours uh, <laughs> through her undercover links to Borsetra CID, um, and Kirsty is a committed environmentalist. So I think if Mia kind of partnered up with Joy and Kirsty, she would be able to guide her messaging more appropriately. I'm not sure about having the Instagram account with kind of graphic pictures of, I imagine wildlife being tangled in Mm. in plastic, uh, because I I see a lot of that through um, some of the wildlife, um, you know, organisations and um, sort of self-isolating bird club that Chris Packham set up during lockdown. And, and, And the problem is it's too graphic and it turns people off. 
because they just feel they're being exposed to something really, really unpleasant and you can't get the message across. Whereas if you tailor your message appropriately and give people solutions, it's, it's, it has far more impact. But I think Kirsty and Joy would be able to help tutor Mia towards that. Whereas I think, I mean, Emma is definitely a fiery woman. So I, w- I wouldn't be going to, to Emma for guidance on campaign strategies because I could, I could see her kind of, you know, burning bales of hay outside Brian Aldridge's house. Oh, actually, hmm, I could join her. Um, and I do think that Emma, because she's, I think she's been speaking with Ruri fairly recently and she will have, I think, been able to sort of, as you say, Quentin, work out that, you know, Ruri's not really going to be into into Mia at this point in time. And I actually thought that it was incredibly well acted, the the sort of the scenes between um, Mia and, and Ruri and the hesitancy. Mm, and mm, I just, mm. it was it was wonderful mm. uh, to, to listen to. And yes, and, and Will being an amazing father. And I was just, I was flabbergasted at how well he handled it. I thought it was absolutely it was, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it's a revelation. I didn't know if these sort of graphic images were just photos of carrier bags in a, in a farmyard or something, you know, really simple. But I did go on to Instagram to find this because I thought, ah, oh, the BBC are so good at this sort of thing. There's going to be an Instagram account and, and there wasn't. So I was, I was a little bit disappointed with that. But I just wondered if, because Emma, I agree with Emily, uh, uh, Emma did come across as awkward. Um, and I wondered if it was because she saw Rory initially as an Aldridge. And so she was just, no, you're, you're not someone I want to associate with, talk to you after what you're putting my Christopher through. And so I, I sort of felt that coming across, but but maybe it's just me. But then I think here we've got Rory and Mia, they've both lost their mums. Wouldn't it be wonderful if they could be really good friends? I'm not, I, obviously nothing more than that, but in a way in time, it would be lovely if they could be friends because I think they could both help each other deal with um, some of, of what life's thrown at them. But clearly that it would take a while for that to happen. Yes, uh, it was very touching when Mia opened up about her feelings about losing her mother, both mm. to Rory and to Will. And I thought they were very well written, very well acted and revealed a side to Mia that is much more one of a better word, appealing, you know, uh, somebody who you can lock into more easily. And we need to hear him. That needs to be developed more from Mia because I think there is potential in her to become a more interesting, rounded character. But, I mean, she's only 15 at the moment, I, I, you know, one has to say that. But, um, yeah, we felt her pain, didn't we? Heartbreak. We did, we did. But now we need to go to Witherspoon. Now, normally, uh, when we go to Witherspoon, we play what I call the Fraser music. Um, but things are changing sort of music-wise in terms of what we can use on the podcast and we can't. So um, I, <laughs> I'm sorry, Witherspoon, but th- this is the introduction you're going to get. <clears throat> I'm proud to introduce the call from Witherspoon, and I'm sorry we can't play his usual tune. To hear his wise words, we're over the moon and I hope to have a better introduction soon. So, from Upper Lower, <laughs> East West Side. I think that's better than the theme music. Well done. I agree. Well done. <laughs> Greetings, everyone in Dumpty Dum Towers and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. I'm not going to spend much time talking about Alice and her drunken explosion at her parents on Thursday. All I'll say is, Alice, get thee to residential rehab and do go through a detox protocol again 
because it's clear you're drinking daily and heavily, and an abrupt cessation of alcohol will result in withdrawal symptoms and possible seizures and DTs. I do want to chat about Tuesday's conversation between Rory, Adam, and Ian. I know I posted about it on Facebook, and there was lots of chatter about the episode on social media, so I apologize if I'm being repetitive for some. First off, I must admonish Mia for falling into gender stereotyping when she remarked about George, what do you expect? He's a boy. I think with some hindsight, she will feel badly about having made that comment. Meanwhile, it was no coincidence that Rory's talk with his elders occurred on June 1st, the start of Gay Pride Month, which encompasses all in the LGBTQ plus community. I know some Dumpty Dummers didn't enjoy their conversation, but I listened to it twice, and as a gay man, I thought it was well done. I came out in the mid-1980s. Adam and Ian would have come out in the early 90s. All I'll say, it was not easy then, and many carry that trauma still. It's not an easy conversation to initiate with someone. Oh, by the way, are you gay? And so we felt that awkwardness. I thought Adam and Ian handled it well, were open to hearing what Rory had to say, were very accepting of his saying he was bi, and will be good mentors to him. It's important for this generation to hear the stories of our generation. Rory, in turn, was appreciative. My prediction is he's going to need their support when he does decide to come out to Brian and Jennifer. That isn't going to be easy. And for those few of you who thought that Adam sounded predatory, shame on you and get your mind out of the gutter. You're perpetuating stereotypes and conscious and unconscious biases that were used against our community for many years to try to prevent us having access to many opportunities, such as in teaching and medicine. Okay, I got all that off my chest. Thanks for listening to me, and happy Pride. Talk to you soon. Here, here, with a spoon. Um, I completely agree with that sentiment. I was really shocked to see some strange messages in social media uh, saying that they thought that kind of, you know, Adam was being predatory towards effectively his stepbrother. Um, I just thought it was just very, very odd and unacceptable and not part of our Dumpty Dum community. We're not going back to Section 28 in the UK. Um, and I think that we should be respectful of everybody in our in our community, um, and that includes uh, the the actors and the archers as well. When we're talking about these themes and topics, um, it is interesting around Mia kind of saying in an offhand way about George, "Oh, he's a boy." I mean, all we've heard about George recently is him wanting to go on a lads' holiday. We haven't really heard him, you know, doing anything with a combine harvester or that bailing machine that Emma was roaming around on earlier in the year that we heard Shambridge do an amazing impression of. Um, so I guess we don't really know what George is like. I mean, I think he would be a good candidate for taking over um, from Jazzer in the shearing business because another schism is happening in that Jazzer is getting too old to be a shearer. Who knew? I thought our brawny Scotsman would be shearing forever, but he's he's hanging up those shears. So I think if we could hear more of George, we'd get a better, more, uh, you know, as, as you were saying earlier, Quentin, kind of rounded view of it, of his characterisation. Um, well, well, I mean, Jazzer obviously just wants to spend more time with Tracy, doesn't he? And who can blame him? Who can blame <laughs> him? Hanging up his shears for Tracy. Um, yeah, here, here to what you said Rosie, off the back of Witherspoon's call, absolutely agree with all the sentiments. 
expressed by both of you. And this predatory nonsense is that exactly that N- nonsense. I, I, I didn't sense that at all. I, I just felt it was classic Adam, you know, leaden and cumbersome and mm. and uh, just piling in heavy handed and think arrogantly thinking, he declared, I, I know exactly how to handle this. And your heart sunk. You thought, oh God, I bet you don't. Um, so I, 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 I found him. And what I loved about it was that he was making it into this big deal and, um, offering sincere support because of what he went through in the 90s and what Witherspoon experienced in the 80s. There was a lack of support. It was a very big deal in, in those days. But Rory <laughs> showed the generational gap. He was miles ahead of them and so at ease with saying, well, no, don't worry, no, I'm, I'm bisexual. You know, There's no problem, you know. And I think he wrong-footed them in a, in a lovely way. And mm. you saw that different – you saw progress, actually. That's what was revealed, quite rightly so, within society. I thought um, Witherspoon was a bit tough on me, admonishing her for saying that. I actually thought that throwaway line from her revealed her to be the, the, the young girl that she is. She's only 15, and that's the sort of thing a girl, I think, would say without thinking. Slightly clashes with her very aware uh, awareness about and, and grown-up approach to environmental issues. So you could say, well, you can't have it both ways. She's you know, really clued up on and... And, and up to date with social mores on one thing, but then we'll just uh, use a, a gender stereotype on another. But I, I forgave her that because I thought, you know, she's so sort of blinded by love. That I think that's a sort of uh, a thing a, a lovesick person would say. So I forgive her for that. Yes. Well, with this been happy, happy Pride Month, um, we yes, we want to celebrate the community and um, and we want to celebrate the Dumdy Dum community as well. And, and I love the way. Rory ended that episode by saying, oh, the fact that you care means a lot. And I thought, yeah, that that's what it's all about. And I'm sorry that there's been some um, online issues about that. You know, I can't imagine uh, how hard it was coming out in the 80s and, and 90s. And I would hope that it's um, much easier now and people are much more accepting. But uh just wonderful to have this covered and to compare um, people coming out in different decades and, and what they what they faced and, and learn from it. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought Adam he was doing his best. I mean, he's Adam. He, you know, he wasn't <laughs> going to true. suddenly change <laughs> into somebody else. And the fact that I did have my head in my hands listening to it, but it was he did it with care, yeah. and it was just great to have to have that conversation and, and to hear it. So uh, yeah, can you get a cushion patched up after you've ripped it to bits with your teeth? Is it possible? <laughs> <laughs> that's why you're you're too hurting, Quentin. You've you've been doing that. You see. Oh, it probably is, yeah. It is, yeah. <laughs> well, we should ask Wicked Kraken because she's the yes. amazing lady that did the embroidery for Sarah here. So maybe Wicked Kraken could get in touch with some <laughs> cushion repair strategies. <laughs> now on to Claire, who will be forever known as Fix Your Own Shells. Hey, Dumpty Dum, Claire from Clapham here. Just wanted to say off the back of Wednesday's episode that I'm so, so grateful to the Archers writers and editors that two things that I thought were going to drag on painfully were done and dusted in a very short space of time. So the first was um, a conversation between Ian, Adam and Rory. Uh, And I know obviously Rory's got more people to come out to or whatever, but still um, I thought that was going to be some sort of long drawn out torturous thing, but it was all over and done with in an episode. Fantastic. And secondly, Mia and and Rory, I thought we were going to get weeks of Mia mooning after Rory and Rory Young to eventually not, you know, 
turn her down gently. Um, and that was all over ever so quickly as well. So please let's hope that those conversations are done and we don't have to deal with all the trauma of it dragging on. Um, usually they make these things last longer and uh, until we're all sick of them. So I just want to make, make a note that isn't it nice when that stuff gets dealt with and done? Maybe there is something about having only four episodes a week that's useful after all. Okay, keep up the good work. Bye. Thank you. Fix your own shelves. Lovely to hear from you again, Claire. Um, of course, you're a big fan in the uh, We Fix You Bens, which otherwise known as Philippa. Uh, <laughs> that's true, isn't it? You fix your, 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 your sink, you Ben, didn't you? It's my finest moment, Quentin. It, it really yeah. was. Uh, yeah. Yes, I just said I have to channel Susan and Jennifer. <laughs> could have gone either way but yes it, it was successful um congratulations to you all well done in your diy diy fields uh, yeah I'd, I'd like claire's point um, they had the potential both those things to go on and on mm. and on i think with the alice alcoholism story we've got enough to be dragging on at the moment haven't we funny isn't it both those potential drag honorers if we can call it that involve rory perhaps mm. the actor's a bit fed up because he must have thought, oh god this is potential doesn't it <laughs> uh, i'm back to McCalvin point but um you must have thought great i've got a good long, long storyline with with me and a good long storyline with adam and ian and it's like done in one episode <laughs> so, uh, disappointment in, in perhaps in 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 rory's household but yeah, I, I, I take Claire's point. And sometimes, yeah, the, the narrative of the script, the plot has to be given some zip, some impetus, doesn't it? And, and I, I, it needed that, didn't it, to, to sort a couple of potential biggies out quickly. So I'm with Claire on that. I, I agree. I think it was actually quite nice to see things sort of resolved, you know, without kind of nine months of, of heartache. And I think what's going to be interesting is if we actually meet Troy you know, we've heard a lot about Troy and spinning plates back in the day and Rory's birthday and all sorts of things and kind of Troy, the Greek god. So it'd be really interesting if he actually is brought in as a character and to see how that kind of dynamic plays out, I guess, with Ben as well, because, you know, Ben and Rory are kind of partners in crime. So how will that kind of manifest in terms of their friendship? And have we heard when Ben's nursing course is starting? That's a good point. Yeah, that that should be a good storyline, shouldn't it? I just thought it would be September, but mm-hmm. uh... but I mean, there's all sorts that's, that's been unresolved, isn't it? We got Rex and his pigs. We got the nursing. I mean, where, where's Freddie gone with all his whatever he's going to do at Lower Loxley? He was he was being invited to to threesomes, wasn't he, about a few <laughs> weeks ago? And what's all happened with that one? I mean, it's gone, isn't it? Um, so we've got quite a few loose ends. Maybe that's why they're getting through some of mm-hmm. these ones. You know, these 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 plot lines now so we can get back to the bread and butter stuff i i just yes i agree with claire i was glad i was so grateful that these stories weren't drawn out and uh, for rory to tell me and no i think it takes someone really strong to say no straight away and he did it in a lovely way um some people could have dragged it out because they didn't want to hurt the feelings but he he just handled it beautifully but i i was wondering rosie and quentin if if your heart was broken who would you talk to in ambridge Ooh. Joy. Ah, okay. Joy, because because she's had her heart broken by her horrible ex-husband and she has this difficult relationship with Rochelle, her daughter, I think Joy would be a wonderful shoulder to cry on 
Um, although I'm now a bit worried about the WhatsApp group in terms of indiscretions being shared. <laughs> Quentin? God, that's, a, that's a toughie, that is. Um, I want to say Brian, but I don't think I'd get very far with Brian. Um, <laughs> no. Um, no. <laughs> I think, do you know, I think I think Emma would be pretty good. Emma would be good. Fallon Gosh. wouldn't be bad. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this. Possibly Susan? Susan, I don't know why she's she's got a lot of Clary, Clary. I think somebody with some life experience, you know, somebody who's uh, you don't. We don't want to talk talk to Tracy because she got through so many. I don't think she can. She's got time for heartbreak. What about Jacob? I think Jacob could be good because he's Jacob would be brutal, wouldn't he? But honest. And there'd be no sentimentality. Quentin, I'm just wondering what sort of painkillers you're on for your toothache with some of those observations you've come out with. <laughs> no, I, 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 the fact that Susan came tumbling out of my mouth has staggered me. Never mind, each to their own. What are these things I'm on? God. It's a free world. Uh, who would you Who would you go for? I, I mean, it's Jim, isn't there? But yeah, it's, that's it's, exactly who I was mm, going to say. I'd go yeah, to Jim yeah, because yeah. Uh, I think he, he, would, he would listen and um and he would give you sound well has he got much emotional hinterland yeah i'd want somebody who's been through the mill a bit well i think jim's been through through the mill no but in terms of relationships you know no, well, he lost his wife didn't he so yeah. you know he, he and, and and he loved his wife and they were married for more than i think 40 years so he's been through um you know romantic loss and he can refer back to you know um over 2,000 years of, of Greek and Roman tragedy to, to refer back to. And romantic lessons in terms of partner choices. Uh, Medea, if she'd made some better choice earlier on, wouldn't have ended up in quite such a grim yeah, situation. Um, yes. Avoid men with fleece <laughs> is a good romantic tip. Um, but yes. <laughs> well, it's, 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 joy, it's, it's joy and Jim then, isn't it? It's, it's JJ all over again. Yeah, all all, 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 all roads lead back to join Jim, don't they? (laughs) I think we've established that. (laughs) Well, thank you, Claire. That was a great call. So now we go on to another splendid call. It is Nana Sue. Hello, everyone in Dumpty Dum Land. It's Nana Sue here. Wasn't Thursday's episode of The Archers a cracking one? Alice and Brian going at it at last. A comeback to him. Don't you talk to me about marriage vows? I've been waiting for someone to say that to Brian for ages. I was wondering what it must have been like for Alice finding out she'd got a half-brother called Rory and that her dad had been carrying on with the doctor's wife. I mean, small village, it all gets around. There's nowhere to hide. It must have been humiliating for her, in part. And then she's got to accept him as a brother who she quite likes, by the sound of things. He seems like a nice addition. You can't get round the pain it must have been for the whole family when it all came out about Rory. And you have to wonder if that might be a cause for Alice's problems now, always trying to be the daughter and knowing she'd never be the son that Brian had always wanted, being the good girl to Daddy. And now she's saying, I'm just like you. So suck it up, Brian. Oh, well, let's see what happens next week. Anyway, thanks for all you do. Keep it up. Bye for now. Suck it up, Brian. Another theme to go on the T-shirts. I completely um, agree with 
um, the, the narrative there, Nana Sue, in relation to the ch- sort of being 14 years old and finding out your dad's been having an affair, that he's fathered a child with this woman, the entire village talking about it. Even the most resilient teenager would have found that incredibly difficult to deal with. And, you know, from an early age, Alice has had to prove herself to try and get Brian's attention because he wanted a boy. And to then have to deal with the, you know, adoption by Jenny of Rory into the family home and to have that kind of, you know, continuous reminder of your father's continued infidelity Mm. and love for another woman. You know, he was in love with Siobhan. This wasn't a one night stand. He professed his love for her and, you know, followed her to Frankfurt you know, a few years after Rory was born. And there are all sorts of, um, you know, kind of just tragic things that have happened in Alice's life that do go back to Brian and his fundamentally selfish approach to the world in the sense that, you know, he just wants to do what he wants to do. And, you know, others can just suck it up, as Nana Sue says. And I, I, I completely agree with as I say, the narrative arc that um, you've created there. And it isn't just because I find Brian to be patronising, self-entitled, uh, misogynistic, horrendous human being. I also agree with the caller in <laughs> <laughs> You've been waiting for this call, haven't you, for years? Haven't you, Rosie? I have. I have. Thank you, Nana Sue. <laughs> Nan- Nana Sue has expressed everything that you've ever thought about Brian, haven't you? hasn't she? <laughs> she has. <laughs> Look, you know, I love Brian for the reasons I've expressed many times before because of just being the rounded character for all his flaws that he is. It, it's it's another tough week to us Brian defenders, really. I said earlier that she Alice gave him both barrels. I mean, she reloaded as well, didn't she? I mean, didn't she say, I lie, mm-hmm. I'm selfish, I drink too much, reload. I'm just like you. Mm-hmm. Um. You could. It was good acting with what he didn't say. You could sense the shock from him, and and then <laughs> when he came out with, um, think about your wedding vows. You could hear <laughs> the, the jaws of <laughs> five five million archers <laughs> listeners drop. <laughs> I mean, talk about opening up a hole for yourself, Brian. He's out of his depth. He is absolutely reeling, isn't he? And um, this is what's going to reveal more and more, I think, when he just realises what is facing them. I feel sorry for them as parents now because their perfect little world with their perfect little daughter is suddenly being revealed as as Mm. not. And do they have the equipment to cope? I I, I wonder. And uh, there's so much dramatic potential there. but. On a human level, I, I feel for Brian to be told that to your face by the daughter that you, you are your favourite is is hurtful. I think Nana Sue's analysis of the undercurrent that's going on that's been going on there for years was very, very accurate, um, always trying to be the son that he never had up to that point, probably is fueling a lot of Alice's anger and was Brian's behaviour over the years, did that contribute to her turning to the bottle? I suppose we're going to find out bit by bit. But, yeah, you said a lot there, Nana Sue, and it all hit home. 
Oh, indeed. It was a very eloquent message, I think, a call call in, absolutely superb. It was interesting. I was reading recently Charles Collingwood's um, autobiography, Brian and Me, and he made the point about how uh, Alice just left home when Rory um, came to live with them. And I, I admit I'd forgotten that. And so, and that was a few years ago that he, he wrote that, that book. So it clearly stuck out in his mind as a, as a pivotal um, time for them and the impact on, on Alice. I, I, yeah, Brian is not helping himself at all. I've been shaking my head at him a, a lot. What I find interesting, though, is that he seems fixated on the issue of love. If you love each other, you'll get through it. If you love each other, you'll overcome the obstacles. Um, it comes down to love in the end. Now, that's not the Brian that that I knew. Um, and so I'm just a bit perplexed about that. And what, surely now he sees the situation clearly. Um, I I'm really looking forward to listening this week, but equally I'm dreading it because I fear for sort of more uncomfortable listening. I mean, I think in a I way think we're in for it. We are. I mean, but what can happen is that people, they revert to tropes that they've heard other people say. And, and historically, Jenny has been the, the strong partner. When things have gone mm. drastically wrong with the poisoning of the am with Siobhan, I imagine with Mandy Beesborough and the others, um, Jenny has always had this, uh, she's the kind of lodestar of the family. She's the strong one that, you know, holds firm and, and, and love can, you know, family love can, can fix everything. And I imagine that Brian was just basically quoting things that he'd heard her say in the past it, it, when talking to Kate, yeah. Kate probably because Kate's been at that kitchen, you know, you know, or the, sorry, the dining room table that I thought had been taken over to Rory's new house. You know, Jenny will have had this conversation with Kate about familial love and love being the most important thing in relation to Nolly and, and Sipo. Um, when, you know, Kate's life has been burning down in the past. And I think Brian was just repeating things. He said other th- people say, rather than actually it being his authentic voice, because that didn't sound like Brian to me either. He's clutching at straws, wasn't he? That's what I mean. He's emotionally out of his depth now. Mm. It was interesting when Alice was laying into it that she only was able to list one lover because others had been listing them on on, on various platforms. I mean, I'd have yes. forgotten he had a thing with Caroline. And then he also had a thing with a woman called Becky Turner. Whoever, who's she? Becky? Was it, was it Becky, wasn't there? And there was that lawyer, wasn't there? Wasn't there the, la- the lady that advised BL? Um, didn't he have a fling with her? And all he wanted was a son. And when um, Alice was born, he was so annoyed that it was a girl uh, that he went off with a woman that day as well. So He did Mandy Beesborough. He went to the mm. races. So basically he was there. And as he said to Jim and Jazzer at the head end, which I still find massively offensive... <laughs> Brian, Charles, if you're listening, um, you know, he went off and, you know, went, went off with Randy Mandy. Mm. And it wouldn't surprise me if Lavinia and Sabrina have not also been involved. But that's just me being cheeky about those two ladies <laughs> who I think have a good time in the sack with various Ambridge men. <laughs> well, let's leave that one there. Thank you so much for your call, Nancy. That was wonderful. Now we go to Isabel. And uh, I think it's fair to say in this call, she takes us through her thought process as she deliberates uh, recent times in Ambridge. 
Hi, so this calls about this week and last week's. Alice, last week. She wasn't even in there. I can't say anything about her. That woman, she makes me so angry. I mean, you know, like when the social services referred her to the drug and alcohol services and she said no. I mean, she thinks it's about her. It's not about her. It's about, well, it is about her, but it's also about Chris and her baby that needs her. A baby needs her. She's not getting better for the baby's sake. Alice, this week. Oh, she makes me even worse. On Thursday, that I cannot believe she brought another boy home. She's still married and she's got a baby. Honestly, I think I agree with Jennifer on this one. And, you know, that's saying something because sometimes I don't agree with her. But I do on this one. Honestly, she can't even remember this boy's name. Honestly. Kirsty and the dairy fiasco last week. Well, for a second, when Kirsty said that her head was itchy, I thought she was having some kind of allergic reaction. But I'm glad she wasn't. But then, you know when she got yogurt all over herself and she was making all the noises? I thought she'd hurt herself. Honestly. She could have toned down the noises a bit. The decorating chaos. Lee. I don't think you should be doing the decorating. <laughs> Joy and Lee. Brilliant. I liked um, Monday's episode because there was a lot of laughing, a lot of light relief. Jazza and Ed. I found it weird when Jazza was saying he was going to retire, you know, and settle down with his girlfriend. Although, I'm not even sure he's got a girlfriend anymore, after what he did to her. I think that's all. Ooh, was that it? Honestly, how many times can you say honestly, Isabel? <laughs> uh, she, she was quite riled this week, wasn't she? Um, yes. Clearly very annoyed with Alice. Yes. So, uh, particularly that she brought brought another boy home and couldn't remember his name. We feel for the the nice lad Calvin and what he was put through by Alice and what uh, Alice then put through put Jenny through. Glad you agree with Jenny there because I was uh, applauding Jenny in that scene as well. The way she was just honest about everything. Uh, Lee shouldn't decorate. Agree. Lee shouldn't do an awful lot as well. I would suggest as well, but don't get me started. Uh, lots of laughing you like between Joy and Lee. Yeah, it was a bit squirm-making, wasn't it? Because you just knew something bad is on that WhatsApp group. We can't wait to hear what that is. Jazz has only hung up his shears, hasn't he? His, 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 his sheep-shearing shears. <laughs> so um, I'm sure he'll find gameful. Well, he is. He's, he's, he's back with his girls, isn't he? His pigs. So he's working, hasn't entirely retired. And who, can, who could blame him for wanting to spend more time with the lovely docile and, and, and gentle Tracy? It's about what I, I would like to hear your perspective on 15-year-old Mia. I think that would be very interesting to see how you think that's all been handled and whether you think Mia is authentic and the way she responded to Rory and her heartbreak. So have a think about that. That's a great idea. I think it'd be very interesting to hear how how accurate that representation is. And I think just in terms of Alice, Isabel, remember, she's really ill. So when you're being harsh about Alice and judging her, just remember and that alcoholism is a very, very serious illness and adults make very poor decisions when they are very unwell. And I'm going to leave it there. Yes, well said, well said. Well, we'll uh, Jazza and Tracy stay together? I hope so. I mean, I just think it's sort of an, an honest relationship in a way that, 
you know, I don't know who was right or who was wrong with that motorbike incident. I, I really don't. But um, just, a, just a shame for them that it ended up that well. Maybe uh, Jazza will t- take up his sheep shears again and say that's, that's enough time with Tracy. I don't know. And right, what, Head for the hills. What, head for the hills, yes. yes. <laughs> what is on this WhatsApp group? We've established it's not about the drumming because she's, Joy said, oh, they haven't mentioned the drums yet. So was it as... Uh, Rosie has said, "Is it is it all about the tuna casserole, or is it about the everything else, the the Marvel figures? What do you think?" I think the first post was, "Has Helen had another son?" <laughs> <laughs> That's really good, Rosie. What do you think? Um, so I think it was a picture of us, and I said, no, it's inappropriate. Apologies. I think it's probably a picture of um, Lee um, with his top off bending <laughs> over. <laughs> you, you almost sound yearning there, Rosie. I think it was Joy and Marilyn. And who's this Marilyn that's turned up out of nowhere? So Marilyn, Who? two doors to- Marilyn, her neighbour that was talking about Ebenezer and the dead lady under the, the, oh, the I must, patio. I must have drifted off. Yes. One of Joy's, so Joy and Marilyn... <laughs> have been gossiping on the old WhatsApp. Oh, and I think there may have been some inappropriate, salacious comments, which I would obviously not condone. Of course not. Of course not. It wouldn't wouldn't feed this podcast, would it? No. Not at all. What about you, Philippa? Oh, I think it's something quite serious because the way Joy sounded, it wasn't just, oh, you know, you you have to forgive us some of our some of our laughs. I I think there's some real pretty nasty gossiping going on and uh you know scrolling back to newspaper articles and all, all sorts of things i think it's oh, no. what yeah. about kirsty and phil phil do you think no i i think it's about helen helen and rob oh um, right going back to rob and all yeah, that yeah yeah oh, that, that's, that's what i think anyway but um yeah hopefully we'll we will find out this week but uh, those are your calls wonderful calls as always thank you so much and i asked the question have we have we had an email? I believe we have. We have. So if if listeners can remember, a few weeks ago, we had a missive from Mr. Anon of Ambridge. And the email is anon at ambridge.com. Ah. So this is real. This is a real person from Ambridge who's got in touch with us. And um, his latest uh, missive is, Dear Rosie, Philippa and Quentin, thank you for being such good agony aunts and uncles. I feel I can trust your advice. (laughs) I wonder if you can help me again. I'm concerned about the brick throwing girl and that she's got away with it again. She banged into me the other day, clearly drunk, and the family don't seem to be able to help her. What should I do? I am worried about how things will turn out and want to help. Thank you for your help. Well, my, my view on this, Mr. Anon, is that some leafleting may be helpful. Uh, there is an organisation called Al-Anon, which is an organisation for the friends and family members of alcoholics. And then um, ov- obviously there's Alcoholics Anonymous and there are other support groups as well. So what I would do is I would start downloading useful leaflets. I would put a little fact sheet together and I would stick it through Brian and Jennifer's door and give them some handy hints. That's my kind of guidance. What about you, Quentin? Anything more specific than leafleting? I've got a theory that I think we can uh, uh, uncover a non of Ambridge. <gasps> Go on. I 
think it's Calvin. <laughs> he's wormed his way in. He's got drunk with Alice. He's got inside our house. He was on the verge of trying to help because he didn't sound drunk enough, did he? So I think he's pretending to be drunk. He was there just about to help maybe start handing out the leaflets and he gets thrown out by Jenny. So come on, Calvin, reveal yourself to be Mr. Anon. But I think his intentions were sound, bless him. He was there to try and help and he got chucked out. Rosie, when you said you were going to leaflet, I thought, or you recommended leafleting, I thought you just meant, you know, having leaflets with it's not fair written on and posting them through just everybody's left boxes. But no, that, that wasn't what, what you were saying. I just love uh, getting these emails. Please keep them coming. If anybody else wants uh, advice from uh, Agony Aunt's uncles, you know, here, here we are to dispense such incredibly high levels of uh, hmm. of wisdom. Or, or Who needs Jenny when you've got us three? Eh? <laughs> I, th- I think we're great. I think we're really good at this kind of thing. So if, if people do have life challenges facing them, just get in touch and, you know, we'll give you our our words of wisdom. Aren't I supposed to say at this point, please note we are not professionals and we do not have any qualifications in this. I think we just need to make that point. But yes, come on, more than, more than Maria. I, I might I might write in anonymously and say, dear agony aunts and uncles, I've, I've got a, an addiction. It's called the Archers. Help. <laughs> I think if that one comes in, Quentin, you've kind of given it away now, but uh, but never mind. Yeah, well, wonderful. Yeah. Thank you all. So now we need to just sit back for some socials with Sandra. But again, we don't have the usual intro music. So in order to salute all people, on social media, especially the Dum Dum Facebook community and Sandra, the rounder-upper this week, we need to applaud you. Quentin, Rosie, join me. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Sandra with the social media roundup for the week beginning Monday the 31st of May. There has been some confusion about voices during the week. 
but no actors have been replaced. A few were confused about Kelvin and thought at first that it was Lee, but it was a different actor. Here are some of the highlights of the week. The week began with Ed and Jazza shearing sheep. As Jazza had told Ed that he wouldn't be shearing anymore, I put up a poll for suggestions for a new partner. George was the absolute winner with 53 votes. Of course, there were many off-the-wall suggestions, including Joy, Raz, Peggy, Linda, and, of course, Scruff. Helen and Lee have now moved into the Beechwood house. Jonah Titchmarsh thinks that Helen and Lee are well-suited. They are equally annoying in different ways. Suzanne Steele is not alone in believing that the purpose of Lee is to fight off Rob on his return. I'm sure, I'm still not sure that Rob will be back, but who knows. There was a lot of discussion around the evening with Helen, Lee and Joy. One topic was on the WhatsApp group that Joy appeared to be trying to hide. There were allusions to previous comments about Helen's past, but of course that won't be accessible to a new subscriber. Lillian McCarthy thought that many Beechwood residents may be rather snobby. Sarah Davidson couldn't believe that Jack had reached the grand old age of five. Sadly, time flies, even in the archers. Gillian Corrigan reminded us that he was born in 2016 during Helen's incarceration. Some people seem to have missed Eddie purchasing the limo. Several listeners, including Meg Burton, remembered that Eddie had purchased it to transport Clary for the renewal of vows. Emma Louise Woodward posted a one-word comment with just Adam, which uh, engendered a few comments. There were differing views on the conversation that Adam started with Rory. Some thought it dreadful and cringy, but Lisa Marie felt that it was a very true conversation. Joanna Britton was touched and moved by it. Witherspoon approved and appreciated the changing relationship between the three of them. There has been some speculation about how Brian will react when he finds out. Poor Mia. I did see a discussion about the use of the word crush to describe her feelings for Rory. David Egan thought that Will's conversation with Mia was beautiful and painful in equal measure. Jessica Eden thought that Will was awesome. I think most agreed with those sentiments, although there was some surprise that Will could be so gentle. A quote from Drew Hamilton made me smile. Did I just enjoy listening to Will Grundy? This isn't the archers that I know and love. The week ended with an Alice hook. I saw a thread over on academic archers where a member was disturbed at Jenny and Brian's reaction to Alice inviting Kelvin into the house, as Alice is an adult and can make her own decisions. Of course, most agreed with Jenny's actions, as Alice certainly isn't behaving like an adult. It was thought that Bryant's comment about wedding vows was crash. I would expect much more conversation about that over the course of the weekend and next week. 
That's all for now. Bye. Oh, thank you, Sandra. And to everyone who's posted their thoughts on the Dum De Dum Facebook page. Um, now, Twitter is where all this started. So it's time to crown our tweeters of the week. This is my moment, isn't it, Philippa? It is. Come on. I'll celebrate my moment with three fine examples of how to say things in 280 characters. So here we go. Uh, in, in bronze place, we have Richard Beveridge, who can be found at Biffo Prop, who I should say beforehand had teased us, hasn't he, Philippa, that he was going to call in this week? Yes, and he hasn't. I'm very disappointed, Richard. Come on. I was disappointed. Next, next time, please. You know, he's he's a retired prop forward. He used to play in the front row, so he's first to, to be, you know, first in the scrum. He needs to be a first-time caller-inner as well. Hmm? Unless he's the Anon of Ambridge. Ooh. Anyway. Blowing blowing my Calvin theory. Anyway, talking of Calvin, Richard posted this, and he gets bronze plates for this. Here we go. Calvin, overseeing Alice's decline. Tumbleweed. (laughs) Calvin Klein. Calvin Klein. (laughs) Clever. Um. I thought it was to do with with, with, with Kelvin, you know, the minus 273 degree oh, temperature calvin I, th- I thought it was a physics clever <laughs> oh right how is it spelt in the tweet quentin kl d-e hyphen k-l-i-n-e yeah. see i'd have got that it, i was just thinking the way it sounded sounded like a c-l sorry you, you just didn't pronounce the letters properly otherwise i'd have <laughs> found decline how, can, how else do you say it Calvin overseeing Alice's <laughs> decline. Yeah, Brilliant, Richard. Yeah. That's, that's a hard-earned bronze from Richard. Yeah, Just phone in next Richard. time, Richard. It's easier. It's easier. Right. <laughs> Making his hard work, you girls. Right. Can I get silver, please? Please do. Can you give me hard? Right, okay. Oh, right. So, silver. I like this one because it's in from Nick at Check Your Sheds. That's his Twitter handle. And he basically deconstructs his tweet and admits it's a pile of rubbish by the end of it, which made me very, which made me laugh out loud because actually it's funny because of that. So he initially tweets this, Nick does, talking about um, when Emma and Mia were talking. He says, don't worry, Mia, Emma can help. She knows all about heartbreak from when she left your dad for his own brother. You can't buy that sort of wisdom. So I thought it was quite funny. <laughs> then he, he obviously rereads his tweet and he goes, bye, because he's misspelled by. He spells it B-Y-E. So he, he corrects it by, ex, you know, lots of hashtags and sweary exclamation marks. Damn it all to hell. So he's cross with himself. <laughs> and then Gwen Lawton chips in and says, Mia's dad, Andrew, I think it's Andrew, when would that have been? <laughs> so Nick replies to himself and to Gwen the actual makeup of the family didn't work for my Saki joke. So <laughs> at the end of it, he's destroyed his own tweet, which was a funny tweet Aww. anyway. So, Nick, I salute you for that. You, that earns you silver. But in gold position, and it's because of two, two, two tweets that she tweeted. She's one of my favourite tweeters, is uh, Sally Ronaldson, whose Twitter handle is Milon Fred. And uh, these two won a gold. Uh, she first of all tweeted, just clearing my browsing data. If I pass away, I would not want people to think the last thing I Googled was comedy sausage apron. <laughs> <laughs> and she clinched it with this one after the Tuesday episode, June the 1st, when uh, Adam and Ian and Rory had their talk. She, 
here she tweeted with a photo comments from adam tonight and she's put up a picture of the record sleeve from the smiths single heaven knows i'm miserable now (laughs) so well done sally gold 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 medal winner this week but uh, yes well done to all of those and to you quentin for finding them thank you very much that's uh, that's excellent as always well to keep this podcast on the air requires some funding to cover essential costs so if you would like to support dumpty dum you can join the dumpty dum patreon community uh, for two dollars per show if you make your way to the dumdydum.com website um, you can click donate at the top and follow the links to Patreon, or you can just go straight through Patreon. We'd be uh, ever so grateful for contributions. And also what really boosts the podcast profile is if you can write us a review on Apple iTunes, preferably glowing, please. Remember, to get in contact, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website or leave a WhatsApp voice note or text to 07957 167 696, which is plus 44 7957 167 696 if you're outside the UK. On Twitter, we have the at Dumpty Dum team who are doing a, a fab job. And do remember, if, if you do want to tweet about the Archers, to always use the capital T and A when you use the hashtag the Archers, because it means the visually impaired can read all the tweets and chortle along like the rest of us. Well, we're all on Twitter, squeezing every witty ounce of our 280 characters. Where where can people find you two? Rosie? So you can find me at Porty Rosie, which is P-O-R-T-Y-R-O-S-I-E. And Quentin? Yeah, I, I, I've got a confession to make <gasps> this week. Yeah, Have you? I have, yeah. Because... Oh. In the week that Rory came out to Adam and Ian as bisexual, I need to come out as bitextual. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm taking a rest from my my usual at Quentin Rayner Twitter account just just to get just to clear my head, you know, because sometimes it sort of just grinds you down Twitter. But I have had for a while another Twitter account, which is my Archer's Twitter account, which I th- uh, a few select people know about. Yes. <gasps> so uh, my, uh, my, my Archer's Twitter account is at 13 minute man. So that's at one, three minute man. Uh, so I can't resist tweeting about the Archer's. So that's where I've been prattling on about the past week. And that's how I found all your tweets. So, um, <laughs> I am one and the same. So if go to, if you go to that account, that's me really. But I'm just that's where I obsess about the archers. I thought you might be Mrs. Trellis, the sweary lady. <laughs> oh, I'd love to meet her. <laughs> My yes. goodness, Quentin, what revelations have been contained in well, this episode? It, it felt like the appropriate week to do it. Oh, thank you, know? you for sharing with the group. And uh, yeah, I feel better. I feel better. I feel better. <laughs> Very good. We're here <laughs> for you. Thirteen minutes. Thank you. <laughs> And of course, I can be found at QuickBook Reviews. No W, it's a three, as we all know. Look for the embarrassing orange picture of me reading a book. We also need to thank our social media supremos. Cosmo for his podcast roundups. Shambridge for her wonderful voices. Mike Hatton for his character counts. And of course, the inimitable Lucy V. Freeman. So next week, Will Lee fall in love with Joy and serenade her with his drums? Is Will Grundy going to open a relationship consultancy? Will Trace's soggy sandwiches dry out? And will Jennifer put a brick through the shop window when she hears Peggy's confession? 
all will be revealed. And we end with some music, again, a slightly different one. This, we're going to end with music from the Academic Archers on Zoom. And I think it shows the gloriousness of Zoom sing-alongs and how you can have chaos in their glory. It's absolutely superb. It makes me smile every time I listen to it. So thank you so much for Academic Archers for letting us use it. Until next time, it's uh, bye-bye from me. It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Dum dee dum dee dum dee dum dum dee dum dee dum 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 dee dum 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 Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.